This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. Welcome to the show. Cam Poitras, Jim Tothier. Jim, how you doing? Happy Tuesday. Terrific Tuesday. It's uh, it's Tuesday. We're bringing Tuesdays back. Taco Tuesday, yep. Movie Tuesday, Tequila Tuesday, and uh, Weber Tuesday. Weber Tuesdays as well. Tons to get to, of course. The postmortem on the Winnipeg Jets season continues. We continue to look uh, what went wrong, uh, as well as continue to unpack what happened over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, with the player year-enders, the coach year-enders, as well as the general manager. Joined now by Ken Weeb, Sportsnet writer. Kenny, how you doing? Doing very well, Cameron. Thanks. How are you? Doing good. Hello, Hi, Ken. Again, Hi, once again, not recognizing Jim is here. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Weber was on oh, Jim, me yesterday Jim afternoon. Yesterday. Yeah, around two thirty. <laughs> okay. And that's why when you asked him today, he's like, I will come on as long as I don't have to talk to Jim again. Why well, didn't that was just between oh. the two of us. I didn't know he told you about that. No, I got I got as Ken knows, we didn't get to everything. You can't get to everything, so this is great. Thanks yeah. for joining us, Weber. Yeah, I mean I mean my pleasure. We we got another night g- gone by here. Um, the players, the GMs, and all this sort of thing, and, and then we, we, we talked about it over. You, you, you've covered it. Um, what, what is the list of priorities here, uh, Ken? We're, what, what, this is a long list of things that needs to get done this offseason. I, I, I think if we, if we pulled the three of us here in conversation, I think we'd all agree that Hellebuck is clearly first on that list. But, but what, what's next and what needs to be clarified before next steps are taken? Yeah, I mean, Hellebuck... Dubois and Shifley, I would say they're you know all three in the same boat. I mean, we would put Hellebuck first because of the position he plays, but uh, whether a team is looking to either solidify its number one goalie or solidify its top two centers, I mean, that you need to know where those players are at in terms of what it's going to cost to keep them around. If A, if they're interested in staying around, B, what you're willing to pay. And I mean, we understand there is a negotiation element involved, but the whole course of the offseason will be dictated by essentially those three players so that that's a priority and i understand that you know things can drag on but the jets need to have a clear vision on what they're going to be doing going into the draft if if they have to move one of them if they have to move three of them they need to have a feel as to a what the market is for those players in terms of a potential trade and b what they would have to pay in order to keep them so i mean it's pretty clear connor hellbuck wasn't asked directly and he wasn't you know offering any hints but this is very simple. Connor Hellebuck made it clear he didn't want, want to be part of a rebuild. And B, I think what was left unsaid was that Connor Hellebuck believes he's one of the best goalies in the world and he wants to be paid accordingly. So that means, are you willing as the as the Jets management group to go to a number that is between 9 and 10 or 10 and a half? And, you know, last year, Kevin Shoveldayoff talked about legacy contracts. That wasn't a topic of conversation this time around, but is a team willing to go six, seven, eight years at a number that's higher than 8.25? Because we know what we're talking about now, about the number that's 8.25 as it pertains to the 36-year-old former captain. So along those lines, Ken, let's start there. Um, yeah. We got du- Connor, we got Dubois, Shifley, um, and, and Wheeler. Let's start with Hellebuck. So do you think, do you feel he'll, he'll would want to be here? Well, it depends on the direction. I mean, and that was the problem with, I mean, Kevin Chevaldeoff said he had honest conversations with the players, but those each player that rolled out said, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. So Connor was at the top of that list. Uh, to me, 
you know, if you pay someone enough, will will they be willing to stay under any circumstances? Potentially, but this is a guy that has said clearly the only thing he wants in his trophy case is the Stanley Cup. If he can't, if he doesn't believe there's a path to that, maybe it doesn't matter what the number is. But to me, he sounded like a guy that was speaking in the past tense. Now, maybe that could have been accidental, and I know that it's our job to try to, you know, you know, dissect what is said and left unsaid at that podium, but two days after a team is knocked out and, you know, potentially there's a, a late night or two that was involved after that as well. Uh, you know, sometimes I think we over overstate what might be said, but Connor seemed pretty clear in terms of what he was looking for the, for the rest of his life. Uh, and again, we'll see if Winnipeg is a part of it. I wouldn't say it's impossible that the Jets sign him, but it's going to take a big number and it's going to take a commitment. It's a two, it's a two way street, right? It's a two way commitment that is required. So if I, if I had to guess right now, I would say that I don't think that Connor Hellebuck is going to be around for the long term. But that that's that's a gut feeling that has no I have no facts to back that up, and that's not to say the Jets couldn't blow him away with an offer. I mean, let's also not forget that Connor Hellebuck was a guy. The Jets believed in Connor Hellebuck at a time when very few people did. You're, when you're a fifth round draft pick and you become one of the best goalies in the world, that is a testament a to the scouts and b to the players. So. Is there some loyalty there on this on the second side of the street? There certainly could be. Connor appreciates everything the Jets have done for him, but you know it depends on whether he feels there's a path to a Stanley Cup. That's that's what's the final determination, at least from where I sit. And so, what I want to follow that up with, Ken, just quickly on on Hellebuck is so. What do you think? Like, I get doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, and I get any player who's 25 or older not wanting to be a part of that. Yeah. I, I really do. But I'm wondering what a rebuild looks like to him compared to a retool. And say, say, and I'll just throw this out there. Say Shifley and Dubois are gone and whatever is returned, um, which I think would be something, but not necessarily one, two centers, maybe a second line. Would that be enough in your mind? Or would he need to sort of say, no, I, I need this team to be loaded up and stacked? That's a great question, Jim. I, I can't pretend to speak for Connor. I, I have known him and covered him since he was drafted, but it's hard to know what, what it has to look like for him. Uh, I would say that Connor is at the tail end of his prime years. That's not to say that he can have five or six or seven more great years, but he has had a heavy workload and he has only been part of three series series wins. So does that mean he feels that they're on the cusp or on the verge? I mean, he has said that previously. He said they were on the verge of a dynasty. I didn't hear that same language in the discussion with him uh, on Saturday. So, yeah. you know, and it's hard today. It's hard to determine what the Jets are going to be able to if they have to flip Dubois and Shifley. What what the return is going to look like, or if Connor Hellbuck feels that if the Jets sign Vladislav Nemestikov, that that's a capable number two center because he has great chemistry with Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, it's impossible for me to know that. Uh, we know they have a young family. I believe that they're pregnant right now. Like, you know, do they want to? Blake Miller Wheeler made a commitment to raise his kids in Winnipeg, right? He dedicated his prime years to this organization. So, people that say an American doesn't want to do that, there's evidence to the contrary. So, but it's up to Hellebuck. Those are two different people. Uh, we know that Hellebuck, uh, you know, pandemic is mostly over, but it wasn't an enjoyable time at times. For him, he expressed that quite, you know, uh, vehemently. 
so it's hard to say, Jim, like I said, if I knew the answer, I would, I could be an agent. <laughs> yeah, no, and I understand uh, that. I would just, because, you know, we, we have you on and, and everybody that's there day to day and, and for your insight and stuff, I know you don't have the answer. I'm just kind of, what no, is your sorry. gut I mean, feeling? And, yeah. And I, I, my gut feeling is that he's going to have to be moved, Jim. That, that's, I mean, for yeah. two reasons, I'm not sure the Jets are comfortable going to nine and a half or 10, even in a player that they believe in. Um, they just saw what happened. Uh, with Blake Wheeler, he still was a productive player at the end of the contract, but it's hard to argue that Blake Wheeler is providing 8.25 million in value today. But as I always tell people, Blake Wheeler did more than provide value when he provided 91 point seasons making $5 million. So right. And people forget all, that. All, it, the, right. the one thing, it, sorry it to cut you off, but the up. one thing I wonder about Ken is, and this is how I'll wrap up and then sorry, Ken, but um, yeah, yeah, no when it comes to goaltending is just, I don't know any team that can pay their goalie nine to 10 million. I just don't think for a cap team that needs balance that you can wrap up that much money in goaltending. Yeah. You have to be like no. Andre Vasilevsky. You have to have the, the pedigree and, and the trophies and the cups and stuff like that. I mean, that's well, the only I, way it I works. I get that, but I'm just saying like, like he has a Vesna, right? And he could be a finalist again. Yeah. I'm yeah, all like, for likely. six years, eight mil, but if you're going to put seven, eight years together, regardless of age and put nine and a half and then a backup. So if you're putting more than $10 million into your goaltending, I think it really handcuffs the roster. It also guarantees that you're going to have, you know, a David Riddick as a, as a backup goaltender as well. That's for the what foreseeable I mean. Future. Like you can't spend yeah. that much on a starter and 2.5 on a backup. He's going to be playing 60, 68 games a, a season then continuing on here. But anyways, Ken, go ahead. No, just so like, let's look at Boston for an example here. Linus Allmark made $5 million this year. Swayman was on an entry-level deal, I think, paying him nine seventy-five, right? So yeah. that allows you to pay, you know, David Pasternak $12 million next year, right? So uh, it, it gets dicey. And I mean, we've seen, of course, you're going to have to pay big dollars. Even look at the Avalanche. The Avalanche aren't even paying McKinnon the 12 or $13 million until next year, but it impacted the depth that they were able to sign. So... When you're you're going to have to invest in a player like that, but the other thing too, Jimmy, we we follow baseball closely. So yeah. what's happened in baseball? Starters used to go seven, eight, nine. Now they go six innings, but the elite level pitchers are still getting thirty million dollars. Now we know the sports are different, and this is a flat cap versus a cap that or a luxury tax that's gone through the roof. But I think that the high end goalies are still going to get paid. But what's the number, right? What's a comfortable number? I mm-hmm. mean, and. and you know, look at Carey Price. Look at what that contract did for the Montreal Canadiens, and you know, and the injury itself, of course. But if you're looking at nine and a half, ten mil, I mean, that that's an awfully big ticket. And when you look at the Jets roster, there aren't a ton of ELCs coming into the picture for next year. Declan Chisholm, yes, probably Hanela, maybe, but up front, there aren't a ton of guys knocking on the door. So now you're going to have to fill out your roster with million-dollar players or league minimum guys if you have a $10 million goalie. Now, again, it won't be next year because Hellbook still has the one year left, but it puts you in a precarious situation. But you're also going to have to pay for elite talent, whether it's up front or on the blue line or in net. So what we know is that Connor Hellbuck can't start 69 games like he did this year, including the playoffs. He needs to be closer to 60 during the regular season and maybe even closer to 60, you know, 55 to 58. So, yes, they're going to have to upgrade at the backup position to begin with. What does that look like? I mean, it, it's super fascinating. And like I said, only Hellebuck knows for sure. I'm not saying he's closed the door on the Jets by any stretch, but I think the reality is that he he must have a feeling on what the future will look like. And I, based on what he said in that one sitting, I was not convinced that 
um, he was ready for being a Jet in the future. Now, that could also be he was asked about legacy. Now, that was a specific question to him on that front. But there was a little bit too much past tense in some of the answers for me uh, and not enough of the, you know, this this group going forward is what I can't wait to be part of, even though he obviously talked about how much he liked the group. But I don't know. There just seemed to be a hint of finality in the in the on the podium from both people that were yeah. there, including Blake Wheeler. Yeah, Ken, final one for you. Only got about a minute left here. Um, but but it, you know, and and obviously that means that Connor Hellebuck is if he is and when and if and if that happens, he does get dealt. The Winnipeg Jets are going to be looking to get something back. And and this is sort of goes back to last off season where we, we know that people like Mark Shifley and, and Blake Wheeler were being shot, but the decision was made to not make those moves because it didn't make the team better. Now, I, if the options come back uh, when these players and uh, in, all, in all high likelihood, they will be shopped and the trades and the, the options that come back perhaps don't make the team better on paper. Um, and we know what paper is worth if, if it's 55 or, or 26 or anything like that. Is there appetite in the organization, do you think, in your opinion, to make the moves regardless, understanding that it might not be a lateral move or a move up in terms of these trades? Well, I mean, Hellebuck is going to have high value because of his Vesna quality season, right? So last year, I don't know that you could say the same. And Wheeler was more of a money issue. The Jets didn't want to retain salary, or at least that's the that was the discussion. So... With Hellebuck, you would have to find a team that A, thinks they can sign him, or B, is desperate enough to think their window is closing, right? So what about Boston, right? Boston just benched, they just benched the Vez, the proposed Vesna winning goalie for game seven. So are they looking to move on? Was it related to injury that we don't know? But I mean, Connor Hellebuck played his college hockey in the Northeast. I mean, would, he, would they be interested in him for one year thinking they can sign him? Who knows? What about Detroit? So you're not going to get equal value for Connor Hellebuck, right? He's one of the best goalies in the world. Unless you're getting Vasilevsky, Soros, one of those guys back, you're not getting equal value, but you have to get a, a capable replacement plus maybe augment the, the roster elsewhere. So uh, I haven't done the full list, but certainly we'll be looking at it in the coming days. But the Jets would have to get a goalie back. They don't have a goalie in the system who's ready to start playing. I mean, Salmonen had a nice year, so did home, but those guys aren't ready to be NHL no, starters. So. No. We'll talk and about for this all the folks again. thinking about Dom Divincenzis. I mean, great year. He's not coming into the NHL <laughs> at nineteen, three, four years away Hellebuck at the minimum. If there's any, there's no guarantees. Yeah, so for me, they would have to be getting a, an NHL caliber goalie in return, or maybe maybe you saw, try to sign Jonas Corposalo, Right? I mean, there there are going to be goalies out there on the market. Can you replace Hellebuck? I mean, that is an awfully big ask if that's the road the Jets go down. But, I mean, those are part of the tough decisions the Jets are going to have to make with all three of those guys and potentially other members of the Corps in the offseason. That's why it's such a fascinating time of year. Sportsnet writer Ken Weeb. Uh, Kenny, always a great having you on. Really appreciate it. Okay, you take care. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for having me, as always. Thanks, Weber, as always. Great Let's take a break. discussion. We'll continue it. Let's talk this. Let's talk the goaltending situation. And, and, and well, I'll throw in, I'll throw in Shifley. I, I mean, I know the long-term deals is what they're going to be after and stuff, but I don't know a contending team that wouldn't want to add an 80-point guy for $6 million for one year or a Vesner caliber goalie for one year even at $6 million. Yeah. You're not going to get as much as if they sign, but you could get a, a lot. I mean, look at the contenders. Well, yeah, and you're, you, you're going to see, you're going to see a team like, Carolina has Anderson and Ratton who they're flipping back and forth. Yeah, we got to go. Colorado, 
Hey, the Rangers, when they lost, they were struggling to score goals against the Devils. You might see a situation. I'm just saying that there's going to be situations out there as things continue to unfold. And goaltending especially. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Right now it's 11 degrees at 680 CJOB. Let's send it back over to the fellas. Well, that's we, we we're now more distinguished. Yesterday we were the boys, now we're the fellas. Might be the gentleman by Friday. <laughs> if we play our cards right. Um The Gentleman's Club. Uh with Skylar Peters. <laughs> that's I, I, that's I a like, show I don't want to hang out. I was gonna out. say I, I feel like that there. segment idea is gonna get nixed by uh, upper management what? pretty quick. Well, that's why you just do it, and then it's like, well, that was a fun segment for two days. <laughs> and then it's been uh, New Jersey Devils eliminating the New York Rangers in seven games. The Rangers loading up, bringing on the likes of Patrick Kane, uh, Vladimir I, Tarasenko. And I, what? I've been thinking about this. Like, you go back to the Jets, and I was the one who said, go get Meyer, Chikrin, take a run, because yep. you've got these expiring contracts and bad situation. To, to load it up. There's no guarantees, man. I mean, what did the Rangers spend to not get out of the first round? Yeah, I, 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 it's a whole philosophy thing for me. Because you look at the Rangers in two years, uh, it, they drafted Capo Caco, second overall, and Alexi Lafreniere, first overall. And Alexi Lafreniere in that series, boys, was the old Sam Mitchell. Zero, zero, zero. He didn't, yeah. he didn't win a faceoff. At, well, least, he, at least turn the puck over Alexi. Like that's that's what he did. They rushed that kid to the NHL and they completely right. ruined any well, potential. I mean, yeah, and it's have. a development issue for hundred percent. Sure. But 100%. then you try to make up for it with these swings on Patrick Kane's and yeah. Vladimir Tarasenko's, yeah. and it's draft capital, you know, kind of wasted in the, in the young men themselves. Uh, and there's still lots of time for Kako and Lafreniere to turn this around. Um, but they're probably never going to see Patrick Kane play again. You know, I'd, I'd imagine he probably plays elsewhere. The Blackhawks fan in me was hoping that second rounder would turn into a first if they advanced uh, a little bit further in the playoffs, but, but that even, didn't happen. Even New Jersey, like I know Meyer got hit last night by Truba, but Timo Meyer, seven games, no points mm-hmm. in the playoffs. What do you think? Like of- you make these additions hoping they make, like you don't need Patrick Kane to win the series, but no. you need him to win a game. You need him to score some points. Yeah. Timo Meyer, you brought in, you got out of it in seven games. It'd be nice if you scored a goal or two in the six games and got us out a game early. Like, and I'm not saying it's a bad, it just, that's the gamble, right? Like if you're the Jets and it's, say you go. Guys you, get so overhyped during the trade deadline and it's like, you need to have this piece to change the entire draft. Like in, I mean, Timo Meyer's a good player. I'm not going to say that, but like, what do you think? Do you think that, do you think that Truba hit was, was dirty or what? Uh, that's a tough one. That's a clean hit by the book, but I, it's one they should discuss to get rid of. I agree with you. By the book, yeah. it's a clean hit. He led with his shoulder, didn't yeah. leave his feet, his head knee was down. forward, head down. I mean. Yeah, it was a clean hit. No, clean no hit doubt by about the it. book. Yeah, but it's one that you need to get out of the game, and you can if you want. I think you, the the double IHF like as soon as you hit the head, period. Right. Yes. Like you, I could be hitting somebody who's like five four. Or I'm six feet. You know, obviously, I'm probably going to contact yeah. the head at some point. Still on me. I don't know if that's where the NHL needs look, to go with it. But getting back to these moves, like New Jersey, over the next three years, even the draft picks, and they'll be able to make some trades because players will want to go play on this team. The New York Rangers are the New York Rangers. If they don't have any draft picks, fair enough, and and to put some, but they'll be able to swing some. Like Patrick Kane wanted to go to New York. He only and when they got, wanted to go. To he, New York. When they got Tarasenko, like that doesn't happen here. So if you unload two first-round picks and two third-round picks and Billy Hainala and Chaz Lucius and you get out in the first round... The cupboard's pretty bare. How do you convince the next Timo Meyer or Patrick Kane to come play for you? 
like that's that was I was on board with it. I fully admit that that you should make a run with this core for this year, and next year, and load up at this deadline. And it was pointed out to me for the next three weeks after the trade deadline that they can first round picks are the ones that whether they're first line or fourth line, you know they're going to play. Yeah. No matter what the role is, yeah. and there you know you're going to have them for seven years, and Winnipeg cannot let those go. Because no. that's the only way you know you're going to have a a roster player more chances than not, and b that you're going to have them for six to seven yeah, years. Club control, it's huge. No, it's it's, it's so it's, so it's you, easy for New York, right? You, well, right. New York blew their blew everything right now, and they're in a real hole. But yet, say, tell them you want to trade one of their young defensemen for a star forward. That star forward will go, okay, I'll, I'll leave Arizona it's, it's, or I'll leave. It's the reality. And I, I don't yeah. know how you feel about no trade no trade clauses. They, they're oh, there to they're be the broken. But, but the reality is, is the Winnipeg Jets are on most of, if not a very, very large portion of them. So what that leads... What that leads to is the only time you're ever going to get first round, a very good chance of you being able to bring in first round talent to the to to the Jets and the, the organization knows this. Everybody knows this is you have to draft them, you have to draft and develop them, and then hope that you can keep them extended past that seven year. That, that's and that's then, the only way. And to then, do then it. we come to this issue where they've done a phenomenal job of yeah, that. They, I actually think they're one of the best in their the skill league and talent yeah, at drafting yeah. and developing and re-signing is outstanding. That record, yeah. And then you have the problem where the skill and the talent that you invested in and kept here goes a little awry, and there's problems. And then it's like, this is, you're limited again. Now we have to make some changes, I feel, because some of these players... You have to make changes. Yeah, and so some of these players' attitudes or, you know, just didn't work out or, you know, refused to play well defensively, and then you're stuck again. It's it's the business of sports. I think the thing in, in hockey is you get you these 21, 23 guys and you're going to have to have some 20-year-olds who are you know like, way overvalued compared to what they're getting paid. And then you're going to have to have veterans that did stick around or somehow got acquired and have, and have been effective. And, and getting that mix in a medium to small market like Winnipeg it is a lot harder than it is in the Chicago's and the New York's. We're going to get into this right now. Like, sorry, Skyler, you're right. Uh, we're going to get into this like we're talking with Ken Weeb. What yeah. would a Hellebuck bring back? What would a Shifley there are 20 teams, if not more, that would be very interested in all these individuals and would be willing to make a trade for Connor Hellebuck, especially, especially contending teams. And Shifley, $6 Sh- million dollars for one year for 80 points. But let me get yeah, to he, this part. Yeah, he's going to hit the mark. So, yeah, all the teams step up and all the teams are like, yeah, okay. And then how many times do you think with those teams that are more than willing to do it are you going to hear, I just talked to him and he won't go to Winnipeg for the guy that Winnipeg wants? Well, I think the guys you're trading back don't have a say in the matter. They they should be if they have they no should moves, be your number two. Well, that that's not who that's like. I think yeah. that if you're the GM of the Winnipeg Jets, you're not looking at those guys because you know that's the case. You're looking I'm at looking at you're them. looking at like a Quinton Byfield. You don't say Connor Hellebuck was to go to the LA Kings. Quinton Byfield would be my target. The, the he's challenge, a number two. Yeah. He's on an entry level deal, yeah, number but, two overall pick, but and Quentin he doesn't have a Byf- say in the matter. Quinton Byfield isn't going to make up for not having Connor Hellebuck. Well, no, I'm just, but I'm just so saying that's the type of player you got to look at. You're going to start with looking at players that are going to come into this lineup, and Quinton Byfield would, by all means. Well, th- th- I mean, and that's going to be this is what's going to be hashed out, Jim. But if you're trading Mark Shifley and you're getting Co- Quinton Byfield back, you're, not, you're in the hole. You're not getting equal well, value. I, yeah, you're, I'm you're not just, saying you, he's you, the guy. You, you, and this, this is this is what I'm concerned about, and this is why I brought that up and I asked this to Ken Weeb when he joined us in the last segment. I'm curious that when the options are on the table and the team understands what their options are in terms of trades and moves and that they can make, that 
I, I, I hope that there, it, it's not going to be equal value. That's, that, that, that ship sailed. You potentially could have got that last year. This year, no. I'm aware of that. But yeah. you have to try your best to get as close to equal of value course. as you can. You can't of just course. go give me three picks and quit well, and buy. I mean, look at, look at Patrick Kane's trade. Yeah, he he completely pigeonholed the Blackhawks, and he has every right to do it. He spent you know more than a decade there. So he did Jacob Truba. Yeah, yeah. And, and to get a pick and Neil Pionk back, fair enough. And now the the Blackhawks got the second rounder. New York's you know they're both on the golf course and everything. You got to see what the options are. You have to see what the options are. Right. But I'm just saying along those discussions your options are going to be limited even yeah. more. Yeah. So here's my dynamic top five goaltender in the world. And I want no these three guys back and two of them go, uh-uh. Well, so I, now it, you got to go, okay, well, what about these two? And one of them's not as good as the any of the three. And like, that's the issue with this problem. Well, the thing is, an, mm-hmm. one of these deals that's going to have to happen, there's going to have to be a goaltender coming back if Hellebuck is going to get moved. And it's going to be a guy that's going to be at a lower cost He's not going. It's not going to be an equivalent. And I think you, there's plenty of them out there. Like Linus Allmark's one of them, but you could also go to Detroit and go give me Vili Huso, who's playing for four million dollars for one more year. Yeah, and if he pans a, yeah. out to be the guy you you want, you sign him up for a five or six year deal at six. You're still saving three and a half million dollars on goaltending and got younger. Yeah. And, so those are the deals. Yes, but Detroit's going to want Hellebuck more than the one year, without a doubt. They're, and they're, they're, they're and gonna, are they? Is Stevie Y? He did it once. Or no, he's not the one who signed Vasilevsky, is he? He's it, it'd be a signing trade for, I think, almost all of these situations. I don't think so. I yeah. think that you, I think there's contending teams like Carolina who loves to get scoring at the deadline and loves not committing longer than a year. Max Pacioretty, yeah. all, all these guys. Like, I, I think that there's contending teams out there that will go sign me up for 80 points for Hellebuck's, $6 million for one year. Hellebuck would be more of a. More of a tra- signing trade, though. We heard- you might be able to get Shifley. I could see that. A guy wanting to bring in a guy, uh, a team wanting to bring in somebody that, again, yeah. is for six point whatever, one, two, five million. A prime example is Colorado. We knew yeah. that Colorado was interested in Jonathan Taves. You think they'd be more, a little bit more interested in Mark Shifley for one year? And I know he's in the division and all that. But if they could bring him in bef- before that McKinnon, well, 12 and a half kicks in. And, but I'm just saying, like, the problem with this is, is there's never going to be enough, not enough suitors. Even for Wheeler, there were suitors last year and multiple ones. But yeah. they wanted you to eat $4 million. And then it becomes a question of why would I pay another team $4 million to have 50 points scored against us? The real pigeonhole here is Pierre-Luc Dubois. If, if, if Montreal is the only destination, which I'm not sure is actually the case, but if Montreal is the only destination, talk about getting pigeonholed. Well... Look, if that's the case, you just get Kirby Doc and some. But but that's the problem, right? Is you? I'm just saying, even a second liner. You're trading a first line center for a second liner. That second liner, fifty percent of the time, has a no trade. I mean, it, but are, you have to look at it. It's what are the Winnipeg Jets on paper? We had this discussion how many times? A very very talented team that doesn't get. You know what? Here's here's. I'll, I won't even say it. Here's Connor Hellebuck. I'm going to play this clip, and this was him um, over the uh, over the weekend, and this was him, and I'll, I'll let him say it. There's a lot of good players in this room. I know that. A lot of skilled players, a lot of good hockey players. Maybe together it just didn't work. Um, I know every single guy could go anywhere and, and be successful. Maybe together it just didn't work, or maybe our, our window was, wasn't this year. Um, it, it's, it's hard to say. But the fact we gave ourselves a chance, and really, when you when you're at the end of the day, that's you you take that. It started out every season. You said, okay, you're going to give yourself a chance at a cup. 
you take that. So we can't look at it like a, a failure in any way because there's a lot of teams that wish they were in our shoes right now. Okay, so, I mean, I agree with exactly what Hellbuck said there. He's not wrong. Like I've no. always said, the reason why everybody is so upset with this crew for five or six years is they've underachieved for that long. So maybe This is a team, like Blake Wheeler said, I sat right. here in 2018 because – and who didn't? I mean, I wouldn't throw out the word dynasty like some people do. Well, that was. But I this thought is, that was a little. This over the is top. a top ten team in the National Hockey League for five years. It should have been. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But see, see now to your point, talking about equivalency and all that sort of situation, the mix is off. On paper, the Winnipeg Jets are blah 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 blah. Hasn't panned out that way. Maybe it's a there needs to be a different attitude. There needs to be different style of players that come to the team. And if you can make a trade and bring. Th- guys that are different than the guys that are in the locker room right now. Because I, I said this yesterday, and I 100% wholeheartedly believe it. The Winnipeg Jets are a team that gets along. They like each other. They want to play together, and they relish the opportunity this year, after the last year when they missed the playoffs, to be able to stick together and play together again and give it another chance. I think if you ask the players, um, maybe maybe a few of them would say, I, I, I want to go for greener pastures. But... But I, I, these guys like to play together, but they're not good for each other. They're not good for each other. When it comes to on the ice and holding each other accountable, they're not good for each other. I'm all about so the may- five- or six-year run, Cam. I'm all about it. I, yeah. I don't believe in two to three years and then you give up when you have this much talent. Yeah. But at this point, and what I heard on Saturday with the lack of accountability, it's not working. It's more than time. It doesn't mean they're not good. It doesn't mean they're not skilled. It doesn't mean that... But the mix is wrong. Yeah, there needs to. But that's what I'm saying is there needs to be guys with different attitudes coming in. There needs to be more a, a different style of player coming in here. So maybe maybe on paper it doesn't look like a, an absolute equivalency. You're not going to get you're not going to get one for one in this. You it's know just, what I, I don't to? see it from if if Kevin Chivalday off and the Jets brass gets one for one, I'll be I'll be blown away. I don't think I don't think they can do it. No, I don't. I look. If you trade number one centers, the best you can hope for is a second line center and a top four D man back and yeah. a pick. I, that's what I think is a good case scenario. But I go back to J T. Miller and the Canucks smashing his stick on his net, yelling at his goalie to get the f off because he wouldn't leave the ice on time, and the whole world blew up. And I, I was at that game in the press box watching this, going, "What is he doing? And what a bad teammate!" I think the Jets need J T. Miller. I think you bring in a guy like that who says. You know, can you back check a little bit? Yeah, okay, I'll do it next time. Or, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I miss my guy. I don't care if you're sorry, do it. And I'm not going for lunch you, today. You couldn't have a guy. And I want to see this improved on the ice. And a guy that would chew through wood to get a win. Bringing, bringing him in last year wouldn't have worked because you had Blake Wheeler and you had Mark Shifley on this team. And you remember when uh, Brendan Dillon came in on the came in on the team? He was trying. He was fired up. Yeah. It's in training camp. He's trying to showcase what he has. He hammered and he somebody was, he was this first day. What has happened? Blake Wheeler goes up to him while he's sitting on the bench, and he has a word with him. I don't know what he said, but he went off. But he told, the what mix. he told him, he told him to go and calm down. So I'm saying, if there's a situation like that, and you bring in a guy like JT Miller with Blake Wheeler still on this team, or guys of this leadership core, a guy comes in like that, and those guys would say, "Shut that up! You're not going to act like that here." That's but not it's how a we fine operate. line too. You can't have Miller come in and just start. Fighting with teammates. Well, like, it's, I, I it's understand about the what mix. you're saying. We're talking about Blake Wheeler. Who was the best forward in the playoffs? He had six points in five games. Yeah, was never Blake, took a shift it was, off. It was Blake Wheeler was the best. The problem forward is for Blake Jets. Wheeler should not be your best forward in yeah. the playoffs at yeah. 36 years old. That's the problem, and that's why you got to. But uh, talking about these trades and stuff, like I, 
it's like it's tough. This, this, I hate to sound like I'm defending the job ahead already before it's even begun, but to me, I'm having you're gonna if you're trying to trade a player, Hellebuck, Shifley, Dubois to a team, and you have five players on your list normally, if you're the Jets, you have to have twelve. Yeah. And you have to come up with some kind of package that works for you that has players that are willing to come or even not willing to come. Like I would bet you Quentin Byfield has to come, but ask him if he wants to come. Why is he going to stay? He's not going to want to leave LA. I'll tell you that. And he's not going to want to leave the Kings the way they're played in that first round and the future ahead of that. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, and, and I think the, the management of the LA Kings expects him to be a, a cornerstone of that. They got too much invested. Number two overall pick. Without a doubt. hundred yeah. percent. And then, but so I just think there's teams that would want Hellebuck. Ooh, but again, you're you're getting a bunch of ELCs back, which the Jets and don't Ken, have. And Ken, we made the phenomenal point of they don't have the ELCs for the next two years. No, because they traded them away. In three years, they'll have three years of really good high-end ELCs that they can work into the cap. But for the next two, you got to get somebody back. Well, and the thing is, in terms of in the Nat Gym, if – if DeVicentis is going to be the guy, he wins OHL goaltender. Skyler, if you've got no, stuff to do, I know you're doing Yeah, I know you're hanging out. He's, he's taking off. He's like, what are you guys doing hanging me? Anyways, he'll be back at, at 1 o'clock. If he is going to be the guy in the net, there's no guarantees. We've seen guys that win OHL, player of the year, junior hockey, fantastic junior hockey players. When they get to the professional level, they just don't pan out. But this well, is a guy that I think a lot of fans are excited about. If you think that he's going to be in the net for the Winnipeg Jets in in four years' time, I think you're dreaming. Yeah, it's going to so, be a so. Long here's what I do: is de- I, development for I, a guy like that. Calgary, it's going to be a while. Calgary has Markstrom at six million per. Yeah. They got Vladar, who's I don't, I don't mind him, but he yeah. you know his ups and downs. And they have Devin Wolf in the American Hockey League, who didn't just win Goalie of the Year; he won MVP of the league as a goalie. Hmm. You got Detroit with Huso and and what's his name um, that came out of Carolina that was up for the Calder two years ago, who's now in the minors, all that. Yeah. You look at Carolina with Freddie Anderson, Antti Randa, and then the young goalie that came in and got shutouts and stole the show for them. Um, like there are options here for the Jets if they're trading Connor Hellebuck. And there are, those are teams that I think would very highly step to the forefront. Plus ones I'm not even thinking of right now that would love to get Connor Hellebuck. I don't know if they'd love to get him at nine, but for one year at six, forget about it. This texture says uh, we got to go to a break here, but I'd have gone the other way. Trade all the iffy jets at the deadline this is from Paul uh, because teams overpay tougher to deal $8 million Blake Wheeler in the off season, but maybe contender at the deadline bites. Well, Paul, the thing is like, there's no guarantees and you're going to get caught like the flyers did last year. You can't have something like that happen. Carter Hart. You can't have something like that happen. Why don't you go trade for Carter so I, I, I would rather take a certainty in the offseason here in the summer every single time than risking things at the deadline. I agree do you're it. not going to get even back, but the what you have to work your butt off doing if you're Kevin Shovel Day off is I'm trading a number if one center there. and I'm getting a number two center back. If it's there, we'll I'm be right trading back. a starting goaltender, I'm getting one back. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Lo and behold, just open my email there, Jim. We only got 15 seconds here. Bomber set to open 2023 training camp May 14th. May 14th? 12 days away. Wow. Uh, Derek that crept up on me. Yeah, me too. Derek Taylor's going to join me this afternoon and talk about the draft today. CFL draft was today. It was. Did you go? Well, the, the, it's going to be a Did your phone later ring? tonight. No. Did your phone ring? I didn't go. We need that long snapper. I didn't make it. Come on. It wasn't any good. Open your eyes, CFL. Jim. I was a terrible offensive lineman. You were not. Yes, you were, I was. You were just too lanky. 
I, you know what? I just don't have that killer attitude. Yeah, it's my lank. I don't have that killer attitude. I just don't have that killer instinct. I don't uh, want to get hurt. You go to Disneyland too much. You got to get a mean streak. <laughs> Soften me up. Jim Telton, thank you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeff. You're 4J for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back. Jim, that Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.